Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name's Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We are going to be looking at the greatest comic you could have owned for the sum total of paying uh, zero dollars and zero cents, Unseen Peanuts from Free Comic Book Day 2007. First, Jimmy, what do you have? I have The Plain Janes, just in time for the holiday season, my young adult graphic novel with Cecil Castellucci about a bunch of high school students in the suburbs that get bored and start making public art a la Banksy and uh, disrupt their local community quite a bit. Um, this is available wherever books are sold, uh, including comic book shops, bookstores, and online, and suited for all ages. So the perfect book or gift for the young adult reader in your life. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. I have about a dozen of those. You can also see original art, process, scripts, and how I make comics and pages and all of that good stuff. Basically what we do on Cartoonist Kayfabe aimed at my own comics output. So join me on patreon.com slash jimrug for all of that. <laughs> you can't disable the power of the label, Jimmy. And this Unseen Peanuts, published by Fantagraphics, publisher of the world's greatest cartoonists. They also published uh, Red Room by, by Ed Piscor. <laughs> the Anti-Social Network book is coming uh, to comic shops near you November 9th. Uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in the Red Room universe. And I spent the summer building this thing into a proper book collection. Lots of extra artwork you see here right off the jump, man. 70 extra pages of uh, material, forewords, director's commentaries, first drafts of the comic all sorts of stuff character designs are in the back we'll do a big video of this in uh you know next week or whatever uh you can also uh pre-order the next round of red room comics that are going to be hitting the, the shelves in december trigger warnings is going to be called uh, that season of of comics you can pre-order those at the fanographics website and the link tree in the description below this video my patreon's there as well if you want to read the serializations of the uh the current red room comics now, Jimmy, the free comic book day, Unseen Peanuts, 2007, Fantagraphics. Uh, this is a fantastic document in more ways than one. In the intro, written by Kim Thompson, he's laying it out for you, man. This is the most reprinted comic strip by a wide margin of any comic strips in existence. Lays it out, over 300-something books. And it could conceivably be easy to imagine that every single strip that existed uh, could be reprinted in those books three, four, uh, five times over. But that was not the case, man. There are many, many orphaned strips as Charles Schultz was developing the universe and the language, the idiom of Peanuts comic strips. And certain things over the years just fell by the wayside, man. Uh, between 1950, 1960, 12, 1,200 strips. Out of 3,700. It's almost one out of three. Yeah. That, that weren't reprinted. Yes. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff... You, it's real cool also that Kim, Kim Thompson conjectures why that might have been. He lays it out here. Mediocre strips, ones that just don't hit. Man, well, you're doing a comic strip every single day. Gonna take a flyer every now and then. Especially Sparky Schultz. He wants to go play hockey. He wants, <laughs> he wants to go... He's got his own ice skating rink. You think that guy doesn't want to get out on the on the ice, put on the blades, off format strips? Those are some of my favorites, man. Yes. When you see him stretch his drawing chops, do weird uh, points of view of the characters, draw some adults in the strips. It's one of the fun parts for me of reading this collection is because it covers a you know ten years or so of the strip. 
you get to see his evolution as a cartoonist, oh, yeah. like getting into his mature. He, he figures it out quick, but yeah. you still get that range. And those ones that are uh, off character or he's going trying something that doesn't stick, those are really fun to just see. Like, how do you figure out how to make a, a, a comic strip as iconic as Peanuts? Those those off the, those ones that don't work in a lot of ways, they give you the guide of like, okay, shave that off. That that part isn't quite where we're going to go to make this what it becomes. Thirdly. Uh timely references and kim thompson uh cites things like uh miss francis i had no idea what miss francis was when i read it when these comic strips first appeared and i had to google it now to figure out what the heck a miss francis was i like number four the reason that they might not get reprinted is because the syndicate lost the uh like like the masters or the the, the, the proofs for them um that's great human error of course <laughs> <laughs> that's why you gotta call bill blackbeard in the mix man you know he's got them in some form or fashion. It's interesting when you read about how they put together these complete runs of strips and they do have to call in these people who have like uh, the collection that they can't find certain strips and it's like you got to track them down somehow and it's those collectors. I remember like on the early like kind of almost pre-social media like MySpace was sort of brand newish and they pretty much really relied on the TCJ message boards. The Fantagraphics guys put it out there we need this strip, this yep. strip, this strip, this strip. Does anybody have it? I remember that. Uh, the other great conceit of this document is the running Kim Thompson, I, I presumably Kim Thompson uh, commentary, along with these heaps of strips where he's kind of giving his point of view as to why these strips might not have seen the light of day. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good insight every now and then man there's one or two where it's like well i guess you had to write something so uh you know you talk about the countertop being a little cubist <laughs> well that doesn't look like a bad countertop to me anyhow man yeah let's dive into a few of these things yeah there are certain ones like uh in in this universe they never call out the characters ages and in this one strip very specifically uh charlie brown is four years old and then that goes by the wayside. Man, we get that out of here. This is pretty interesting to see how much drawing he's doing. Yeah, and both because of these. all of this stuff gets pared down. You know, we all are familiar with Peanuts, and it's like this is not the way he would approach the drawing of most Peanuts strips. But in the early days, you know, working it out. Good to have it in here too, because people often look at the simplicity of Peanuts and just imagine that that's the level of skill that Charles right. Schultz is able to command. Nah, homeboy could draw. Yeah, no doubt about it. Off-model Lucy. You yeah, know, with the, the, the uh, bug eyes. With the big bug eyes, <laughs> man. Uh, this is a good one. Like, when you when you create a Snoopy, you don't know that you're creating an iconic brand that could make you a billion dollars. Uh, so, you know, when you have Sparky Schultz draw uh, <laughs> Snoopy in Old Sparky, maybe you don't reprint that one uh, in the little paperbacks that kids love and adore. Yeah, no doubt. These are fun. The speculation is it's just too violent, too brutal, I think, is Kim Thompson's words. Uh, and, and, you know, you can see that, what's happening in these. Although I love this part where it's like outer Schultz drawing outer space around Lucy. Uh, pretty fun. There's a lot of the... It's Ditko Doctor Strange uh, background <laughs> around Lucy. But it's fun to see those kind of shorthand cartoon uh, iconography, you know, it, 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 interpreted by Schultz. This one is a cool one. Uh, it in those paperbacks printed black and white and the gag relied on three mm -hmm. different shades of, of green <laughs> but i'll be honest just seeing the different facial expressions is plenty it's very effective you don't you don't need the color really 
And of course you would you would get that part because that's what Schultz is doing. Even if the gag is green, he's still dealing with it in black and white when he's drawing it. So it comes through like it's kind of got to work in the black and white. Yeah, you know, it would be like the hack who would just photostat the same panel three times. Here's the topical stuff, man. Uh, I guess before zip codes, it was called a zone number. This is uh, they're reading war comics. And they're going through like Civil War and World War One and World War Two and Korean comics. And uh, Charlie Brown's it says the next issue has him worried. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> That's goddamn right. Just violence, man. Lucy uh -huh. beating her little brother on the head. <laughs> there are so like like the other thing of reading these is just seeing like even if he if if these were chosen not to be reprinted, many of them still work really well as like that gag. You know Absolutely. why is she hitting him for? Because he was there. It sums up the peanut stuff like a lot of these going through. You just get that world view of what what informed peanuts. Right. This is a fun one, man. A character that like never even saw the light of day in reprint uh, packages, man. Uh, Charlotte Braun or Brown, Jimmy B R A U N. It's Braun the Shaver, right? It's Braun Strowman the wrestler, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Brown for real. If you ask a German fella. Yeah, I, I like these parts too. There'll be a couple of these where like a big run, like eight or nine, ten strips are, are uh, were not reprinted, this being one of them. And this feels like just a misstep. You know, this is essentially the, the, the girl version of Charlie Brown. You've already got one of those. Um, just didn't quite work maybe the way Schultz thought it would. The, op the opportunity you have doing something 365 days a year is you could throw some spaghetti at that wall. Especially at this time, because it's not like you were sitting around going, one day they'll all be collected and people will read three years worth in an evening. Right. It just, that concept really didn't exist. You know, you were just like, I got a deadline. Here's and then a, I got a another one the day after and the day after and the day after. The way that uh, Kim Thompson writes about it, the Charlotte Braun or Brown, that's a great thing in comics too, where, like, where you see the way it's spelled and there's a stripper too. There's actually a really, really good one about like if, if, if she marries... She, Charlie Brown, like, what would her name be? <laughs> and it would be Charlotte Brown, but it could be Brown, B-R-A-U-N, too. So it's like, you just look at the spelling, that's like a formal thing. But Kim Thompson talks about how people mythologize this character like a Boba Fett in the same way they did Shermie or whatever, because they might have caught a glimpse. And you know how that stuff is when you're a kid, you see something and you, and you don't know if you saw it. And you certainly have no evidence of it for decades. Like, no, I swear to God, there was a girl, Charlie Brown. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then... Yeah, that's a great one. Much later, you just go, oh, yeah, there really was. We, I don't think of uh, Schultz as a a formal, like a formalist kind of, you know, he's not Ernie Bushmiller. Right. Playing with the form. But he does in a very subtle way. And Charlotte Brown's a great example where, like, her hair is just a squiggly line. Yeah. I love that stuff. And there's lots of examples where he's just, like, figuring out how to keep these characters interesting visually, but also not go outside of the aesthetic of Peanuts. And that kind of, like, squiggly line... That's some of my favorite kind of comics drawing. Oh, absolutely, man. Now, we saw the very sort of drawn strips uh, from uh, Peanuts. I don't want to say overdrawn because they look beautiful. Sure. Let's see a real pared down <laughs> strip, man. Yeah, this is uh, let's let's explore the world and let's not pull the camera back that far again. <laughs> just nothing there. Just hopelessness. It's just empty. This is uh, this is one of those you might see in comics where the where the world's being erased as it closes in on you. This is another of the formal experimentations where he's playing with screen tone. Yeah, man, I love that too. Of course, 
very weird for a Peanuts comic. Um, and it really feels like this is one of, there, there's a handful of these where they feel like they get into that uh, Bushmiller, Nancy kind of territory and ultimately not the direction he would go with Peanuts. But a few of those examples that uh, show off that kind of, again, doing it daily, you know, you've kind of got to go down these, every idea in a way. When you see all of these <laughs> strips here ganged up together, that looks awesome to me, man. I, I kind of love it too. It's you really know, intense. It's the entire Ivan Brunetti thesis of like comics making. Keep the camera, you know, in that static view, you know, just get the point across kind of stuff. And uh, this got shelved from from the books uh, because there were however many of of these things, which is just oh, it was just an eight day period. But imagine people paying so much attention to newspapers that that they actually write to editors and stuff because of the redundancy of their favorite comic strip. Yeah, a raft of complaints from, <laughs> from editors. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, again, it does look good on these pages and they do good with the spread layout because they, they run another one that's six strips long and uh, look at the lettering. It's, it's about stereo. This is one that, that Thompson speculates is because stereo, you know, it was kind of a buzzy thing when it first comes out and now we just take it for granted. But it gives Schultz another one of those opportunities to formally play with the form and to do some really beautiful lettering. Yeah. Right up my alley. This one, how much does this stand out on screen compared to what we've been seeing? So they're they're stargazing and uh, Thompson speculates just kind of weird, like like the, the way the characters are even drawn. Some of their poses and things are a little bit off. You never see these back views and stuff. Right. This is it's the a beautiful one, strip though. Whenever I recall this this book, like this is the round of stuff that is in my head that kind of stuck with me. It's really neat to me how this stuff works while they're laying these out. Like this would have been four days of strips. You'd have never seen it put together this way until they put this in a book. But look how beautiful it is where you have like the one panel in the middle and it's framed by the dark sky. It looks beautiful. It's like four strips put together there on the page. Yeah, it really does. This strip down here, man. <laughs> it's great. Take on a Karl Marx quote. <laughs> Blankets are the opiate of the hopelessly immature. Yeah, it's so much. This is some of Kim Thompson. I think he's a great critic. This is one of my favorite sentences I've ever read of his. A gag that manages to make oblique but recognizable references to communism, religion, and illegal drugs all in one panel. <laughs> Fantastic. Pete Mondrian, right? Oh, yeah. I was looking through this the other night, and I just couldn't believe how much it looks like, like that to me. Yeah, man. And... You know that those are those uh, those those one brick that it made with like asbestos. <laughs> you know, just didn't think about it until now, Ed. Just scratch some of that dust, man, and see what oh. happens in twenty years. The uh, the the doghouse Snoopy rolling off of sleeping on the top of his doghouse and rolling off. Love the animation of him rolling. It's just those round squiggly lines. Yeah, Charlotte Brown's hair. Good a good hit whenever he falls on the ground. You know, the the doghouse is drawn a couple of times to show that impact and movement. Um, speculation is that's not how you draw Snoopy's doghouse. That's that stuff where Kim Thompson is just has to write something, man. Sure. Because like whenever he gets into that 3D perspective stuff, you know, like there'll be one for this like countertop over here somewhere. And it's like, you know what? The thing looks just fine. Like almost cubist perspective of the countertop. And he calls it weird. It's like, well, that's how else would you draw that? Yeah, exactly. Kim just had to get some column inches in there, man. A bird's reference that uh, I guess the movie early cult classic didn't really hit at the time, man. So uh, people weren't going to understand the bird's reference. Interesting how things change over time, huh, Jimmy? 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Missing proofs, potentially, because he can't cite any particular reason why these would not be shared other than uh, they were just not available for a reprint. Yeah, which is the weirdest thing to think about. Love this. Perfect for this time of year, too. We're in Halloween season here, so you get this Halloween strip, and it's just bizarre. It is, but I swear to Christ, I've, I've seen this image before in the newspaper and stuff. It's a good looking image. That whole panel I love, like the the very inky, shadowy trees and stuff in that graveyard behind him. Look at That's him using a the brush. Piece. Yeah, using the brush on that uh, tombstone. <laughs> this whole <laughs> this whole bit is about uh, Ch Charlie Brown has eraser phagia, where he has uh, <laughs> the disease of of chewing on pencil erasers, and all the gags are about yeah, he's got a belly full of pencil erasers and stuff. <laughs> And uh, of course, they're like, yeah, maybe you don't, you don't sell that to kids for fear of copycats or something yes, like right. that. If you got kids putting towels around, around their neck, man, trying to stop trains. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. And, and another one of the great Kim Thompson isms in this one is uh, "Birds with Slogan" series seems more like a BC gag than a Peanuts one. <laughs> Cutting promos, <laughs> exactly. <man. laughs> Such a cool comic. Could have been yours for the price of zero dollars, zero cents. Intergender wrestling, beat up by a girl bully. <laughs> yeah, there's fat shaming in here and stuff. Like, Linus gets fat shamed. This is probably maybe my favorite one that I read in this book. It's just the first strip here. So the first panel, Lucy's looking down and says, look at this tiny little bug. And it's a dot. It's perfect like Schultzism for drawing because it's just an ink dash. Uh, it's appalling how little he knows. He's not like us. He doesn't know anything about voting or disease or earthquakes or love or Monday mornings. And Linus says, who's better off? <laughs> it's the greatest. That's To me, that sums up Peanuts and my whole reaction emotionally to Peanuts is in that strip. And it even has some of that great drawing stuff of that simplified world. It's, it's magnificent to me. That's a perfect comic. Yeah. Even these strips that are considered clunkers or whatever, man, they still have they still have that vibe, man. They, they do. still have that energy. Yeah, and sometimes it's more obvious in these strips that are a little bit off or something different that, that didn't really make it in, but they still have that sensibility. It still, it still shows, every, even in the BC-like gags. Every now and then, man, there will be strips where, uh, where Schultz is uh, accidentally like reusing... The same gags. Yes. Uh, we were looking at the complete far side in, in, in Gary Larson at times. It's like, you know, to my embarrassment, I came up with the same joke a couple of times over. You know, you, you do comics long enough, you might uh, forget some earlier things. That's so funny. Just 11 months earlier, repeated <laughs> the same thing. Can you imagine? Because it's not like he's just, certainly at this point, this is codified Snoopy. The, the, the gravy train is rolling. So he's not a guy who's just sitting there drawing 365 strips a year. He's doing deals, animation specials, signing off on all the tchotchkes and, and nonsense. Like I, I, I read somewhere recently, uh, the average millionaire has seven uh, income streams. And uh, you know, in our world, that could, that could be seven books, each one an income stream of its own. Well, what if you have plushies and TV shows Movie and, and homework cards and little, you know, baubles, piggy banks, all that kind of stuff, man? 
Man. That's why Marvel sells not for four four million, but for four billion. That's got to <laughs> yeah, right, gotta be like seven thousand income streams. Got to put that multiplier on it, no doubt, man. Anyhow, I when when Free Comic Book Day comes along, you got to make sure you go to the comic shop because you don't want to miss out on getting potentially one of the coolest comics that money can buy for the price of nothing. Fanta's made some really good free comic books over the years. Uh, Drawn and Quarterly has done it. I love whenever these, whoever is publishing them leans into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whenever you have archives like, like or, or access to the stuff that some of these big publishers have, like, you can put together a beautiful comic, you know? I mean, we're, we're you know, it's a steal at twice the price. <laughs> it's got their right, man. Uh, good luck trying to find one of these, though. Who knows what, what they would cost right now, man. Anyhow, K-Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. About a dozen of those available right now. You can also see original art, uh, process pages, script, how I make the comics I make, like Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Alive, The Plain Janes, Octobriana, and much more at Patreon.com slash JimRug. Red Room Comics, the anti-social network trade paperback hitting hitting the shops November 9th. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Uh, you could order those comics uh, at Fantagraphics, at Amazon if you don't have a good comic shop nearby. You could also put in pre-orders for Trigger Warnings, the next round of Red Room Comics that we're going to start putting out in December. All these links are in my link tree in the description below this video. What else do we have, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Give them those merchandise, Jimmy. We're going to be on our way. <laughs> Read more comics.